0: Welcome to the Brickworks podcast, an extension of the studio based here in Burnham-on-Sea. Our aim for this podcast is to have a completely open forum for conversation. This could be about art, life, mental health, or even how the world is burning down around us right now. Whether you're listening to this whilst on a run or relaxing at home, we hope you enjoy our mild-mannered rambles. Thank you.
1: that wall what a mess oi <laughs> it's covered in bike marks yeah <laughs> welcome to the studio <laughs>
0: what do you expect honestly right you're in here one day a month and you're already like
1: <laughs> I am in it. literally <laughs>
0: you're a member here and all you do is come in one day a month and now you're saying about the tire marks on the wall audacity it's just just a bit
1: messy isn't it? it's just
0: aud- audacious
1: that's me baby (laughs) well that is very true darling have you seen this shirt yeah i was gonna say that shirt is a
0: vibe though
1: i'm just
0: we had like a like 20 minute conversation about your shirt earlier
1: i think the shirt deserves that
0: yeah i agree (laughs) i feel very underdressed today honestly yeah
1: usually you're the one rocking a
0: like a turtleneck or something yeah just
1: white t-shirt
0: yeah boring basic Basic bitch vibes. (laughs) You're boring. (laughs) (laughs) A friend of mine, I'm getting like my haircut on a Sunday for like a photo shoot Mm -hmm. with a barber. Never met the fella before, but he seems quite nice. And um, the guy was like, oh, can I dye your hair? I was like, well, it depends what color. Like, I don't want to go too crazy because, you know, most of my work is on camera or in a public Mm -hmm. domain. He's like, what about gray? I was like, I'm already going gray. I don't want to go any more gray. He was like, yeah, but it might suit you. I was like, might. <laughs> like, give me some solids, bro. <laughs> like,
1: it's just a, it's a risk. <laughs> yeah, honestly.
0: He's like, can I shave a love heart in your head?
1: This guy, what? I would not trust this guy to Yeah, my I know.
0: Hair. What am I doing?
1: I feel like he's going to be like, yeah, I'll do exactly what you want. And then he's just, just going to do his own <laughs> thing. Yeah. Put
0: a blindfold over me. I'll be like, what's happening? Be like, know. it
1: was too late now. Like, oh my God.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you dyed your hair, but you dyed it for a reason, eh? Yes, I know. Actually, we still haven't done that photo shoot that we always speak about doing.
1: Yeah.
0: The one with the, because we did the original Candy I, Floss I do shoot. I
1: have some Candy Floss as well, I did buy some. Yeah.
0: The only problem is the studio is quite full now, so it'd be hard to put a backdrop up in there.
1: Yeah. I'm sure we
0: could figure something out.
1: I mean, we tend to. <laughs> Normally,
0: somehow found like a petrol station to do the last photo shoot. Hey,
1: that was a vibe.
0: That was a vibe. To anyone listening or watching, make sure you go check those photos out because I'm actually stoked on Let those over, They're I over think, on Instagram. Yeah, I think the Ping Dungarees did it though.
1: They are a vibe.
0: Absolutely. I love
1: them. It's been a bit too cold in the UK though to wear them recently. Yeah, which yeah. Has been what, a is,
0: pain. what is going on? Yesterday was fucking freezing.
1: It was, it was horrid.
0: Yeah, like properly cold. But two weeks ago, I was walking around in shorts. Yeah. I was like, bro, what is this global warming shit?
1: Honestly, like I was in Bristol yesterday and it was like on off rain, mm. but it was like spitting. So like, it was like torrential downpour. And I got home, mum was like, oh, it's been raining all day. And I was like, what?
0: Yeah, Yeah, it's horrible here <laughs> all like, day.
1: It's only like 40 minutes down the road. I know it's mad, isn't it? But like, yeah, it was, it wasn't great, but I mean, I'm glad I wasn't here. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but yeah, so candy floss. Yeah. What's going on?
1: It's out.
0: I should really learn to text my neighbour, shouldn't I, before I podcast? Apologies to anyone who might have heard a toilet flushing <laughs> That's how you ruin a podcast. No, so Candy Floss is out, isn't it? So I remember you talking to me about this song, because last time you were on the podcast, last time you were on the podcast, congratulations for being the first guest to come back on the podcast. Thank
1: you. This is technically number
0: three. Fuck yeah, it is, yeah. isn't it? Because we did one ages ago. Mm-hmm we podcast far too much together
1: we just vibe i <laughs> say that a lot yeah, just,
0: where's the word of the day vibe potentially it's not george's word of the day anyways um, <laughs> but i remember the last time you came on you we couldn't talk about it because I, I remember i wanted to talk about candy floss because you had just played yeah a little bit of a snippet to me before we came on because I, I it's such a different vibe to mm-hmm. like the Vinny that i rem- have yeah. listened to in the past so like it's more of like a disco kind of vibe
1: yeah it's like a sort of 80s synth pop inspired yeah so like we just before we started podcasting we were listening to like a lot of 80s songs (laughs) (laughs) and it's it's very like inspired of that yeah which is weird because I didn't have any of that in mind when I wrote it but now I listen back I can hear like all of those influences
0: yeah yeah because it's got such like um like the chorus is so sort of catchy thank
1: you like when
0: I I was playing it to um Mike the other day who's a member here as well at the studio but he was like yo this is sick but like the chorus is super catchy He was like whistling it for the rest of the day
1: sick, but you. it's like
0: so yeah so different to uh, like the old approach Vinny yeah. because I like obviously your older stuff was much more acoustic
1: yeah
0: um to use lack of a better term, but sort of in the feels. Yeah. You know? Like if I wanted to really get into like my feels, I'd put Vinny on. Yeah. Like from
1: one of back. my One of my best mates um, refers to me as sad indie.
0: Sad indie. I'm, I'm the
1: sad indie girl.
0: <laughs> that should be a genre on Spotify, not going to
1: lie. I think there's a playlist. Fuck off, really. I mean, I'm, I probably liked it. You're at the top. I am, a, <laughs> I am a constant listener to that. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, like it's... um. It is different. It's, I don't even know how it came about. Like to go from acoustic sort of emotional songs to a song like that. Mm. It was a very sudden change, mm. but I think it, it it's worked. And I think it's something that I want to do more of. It's not, I'm not stepping away from the acoustic sort of in the daughter-esque inspired stuff mm. but it's more just trying to sort of add more sort of
0: versatility yeah. yeah yeah
1: become more versatile in making music and writing songs yeah. rather than being like a one-trick pony that of you go to see live and just makes you feel depressed
0: <laughs> <laughs> but i think that's sort all of music definitely has a time and a place for sure yeah you know but I was going to say, it must be quite strange, and because obviously I don't know a huge amount about the music industry. I listen to a lot of music, but I'm not a musician by yeah, any yeah, yeah. means. I can play the spoons, but that's probably about <laughs> it. Um, wooden spoons on my leg. Um, but I get the feeling that it can be quite um, rigid. You can kind of pigeonhole yourself quite easily. Yeah,
1: I feel like that's... A lot of musicians tend to do that. mm probably without realizing, Mm. and probably because record label executives and managers and everything sort of forced them down that road to like only be like that. Yeah. Um, But I think if you look back on music history, you see like the big people have become successful for not doing that. Yeah. Like there are like some like examples. So I suppose like the Rolling Stones, Their sound sort of changed, but throughout all of their career, it's sort of been the same at the same time. Yeah, yeah. Whereas like David Bowie, every album he made was different.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's so true. It had such like a different yeah. like, energy around it as well.
1: You could go from Hunky Dory, which came out in like 71, mm. to Let's Dance, which came out in like 85 or something like that. That's like 15 years. Mm. And his sound went from like, sort of weird, <laughs> weird glam rock to, like, writing disco songs. Yeah. Like, disco dance songs with, like, Nar Rodgers who ro- wrote, like, chic songs and stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, it's just... He probably, like... And then, like, 15 years after that, mm. he made a trance record.
0: It's mad, isn't it?
1: Just because he wanted to try... He liked it, so it was like, <laughs> I'm going to make a trance record. <laughs> I, feel, I feel like
0: it's such... Um unique like it's individualism I suppose yeah. isn't it like but in a really difficult industry where individualism is like not frowned upon but kind of like oh you make this sort of music yeah. you know you're sort of sort of put into those genres I suppose
1: yeah I think so and I think even even in the music industry if you do have like a unique selling point obviously that's going to get you far Mm. Instantly, Billie Eilish comes to mind. Yeah. She's different. She's got an image that is different compared to like a lot of other female musicians Mm. around at the moment. But because of that, she's also somehow pigeonholed herself. Yeah. To be that the girl that wears the baggy clothes and stuff. Yeah. 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 Obviously, like her new album's coming out and she's like dyed her hair blonde and she's going for something different. And I like fully, um, support that because she's literally done one album and she doesn't want to be a one trick pony Mm. and it's so so good that she's getting out of that
0: yeah it's so interesting you bring up Billie Eilish because like there's been a whole not um, debacle but the whole sort of thing about her fashion yeah uh, like you know I don't really follow that sort of news Mm -hmm. like what would it be called, like, sun news, like, now news, yeah. that sort of stuff. But
1: like celebrity gossip.
0: Yeah, which isn't really my forte. But it's quite interesting to see it from, like, a societal perspective. In yeah. She, like, this sort of foundation she had built off of, like, dressing a certain way. Yeah. Which was very... Different to the societal norm of how you would expect a young, I think she's in her twenties, is she, or uh, maybe even younger than that?
1: Yeah, like, like female a, yeah.
0: artist to to dress like or, or be per mm-hmm. se. So it's very interesting that she's taken a step out of that into yeah. a new. Um, Image, I suppose, and a new sort of perspective. Like another artist that comes to mind is like Little Nas X, who mm-hmm. went from, you know, Old Town Road, yeah, yeah, which yeah. we all know was fucking one of the biggest songs yeah. in what, 2018, wasn't it? Um, to then doing that song with like dressing and dancing, lap dancing on yeah. Satan the other day, like other month or something. Like that's a huge shift. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. You know, Absolutely. going from
0: Cowboy Boots and Billy Ray Cyrus to that. But it's, Obviously, so vital to do that. It's the yeah. same in like, you know, an art like a, a, a you know a painter or something like that. They're always
1: mm-hmm.
0: consistently and continually changing and yeah. re-approaching their work. And I think you see you don't see a whole lot of that in music, but you do if that makes sense. Like if you look yeah. in the right places, you can see that involvement in artists.
1: Yeah, I agree. I think um, with we watch a lot of like top of the pops stuff Mm. like because my mum likes watching it and there's so many artists on there that that i've never heard of yeah because they've literally come out with a song that's done well at the time
0: Mm.
1: but like that's it yeah and that could be luck of the draw or anything like that but like i feel most of the time it's because they do just stay going at the same speed Mm. Whereas like the people that really excel in the industry are the people that are constantly pushing boundaries, are constantly changing and evolving with the time. And I think, I mean, like a big, I've already mentioned him, but like a big inspiration for me is David Bowie, Mm. not in terms of style or sound of music, because I don't make anything similar, (laughs) but in terms of like the way to approach music and life, like he never stood still for very long
0: yeah he had a very unique approach to life
1: yeah and he constantly changed his look so many times he went he like he went from a bright orange mullet and no eyebrows (laughs) to like bleached blonde hair yeah and then he had like he's just like always changed and he always did something different and he eventually got to a point in his career where he didn't want to play his old stuff anymore Mm. and he did that for years he wouldn't play it Mm. because I think they wanted you know um MTV Unplugged?
0: I can't say I do no. So
1: that was like a thing that was big in like the 90s so they'd get a lot of musicians on it and they play acoustic songs so like a famous one two famous ones Nirvana yeah that's a really big one that whole album um they actually covered a Bowie song on it and like Eric Clapton did one which actually won him a Grammy And it's just him playing live all Mm. his songs, but acoustically Mm. phenomenal album. But like they did that a lot in the nineties and they asked Bowie to do it. And he didn't want to play his old stuff. So Mm. he didn't do it. Mm. Cause he just didn't want to be known for his old stuff. And then like about five years after he went on a tour and did all of his big hits. Yeah he wanted to do them again yeah yeah But it's yeah. like he doesn't just want to be known for that
0: yeah i suppose it's having that individual strength in yourself yeah. to be like actually no i'm going to stay true to like my values right yeah. now which i suppose in an industry like the music industry which is um so heavily influenced by people from outside of the industry in a way i suppose you know that aren't playing music every day like music labels and stuff like that executives i'm sure you, you know you get quite heavily influenced mm. by those people. And so to stay like super true to your values, I suppose is really quite difficult. Yeah. You know, because it's, you know, I suppose when you make a certain level or, you know, into the echelons of music, there's probably a huge amount of people around you saying, ah, maybe you should do this or mm-hmm. maybe you should make another song like that. Like to actually challenge that and be like, no, I'm going to do something different yeah. and I want to go a different way. Like that takes a huge amount of strength in yourself and belief. Absolutely. Yeah.
1: I think even no matter what stage you are in like your career as a musician, that takes a lot of strength to do because whether you're at the stage I am or at the stage that he is Mm. or was, um, you know, at the stage that I am, you've got to have the strength to be like, I want to go outside of what I'm comfortable, Mm. do something different See if it works. You're you're making those risks. Yeah. Whereas at like a bigger stage, like for for Bowie, for instance, he would probably have upset quite a lot of people yeah. of him saying that, like like record executives and everything. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. A lot of fans, but he stuck to his guns.
0: Yeah, you can't. I suppose you probably have to be quite selfish in some capacities.
1: I I, I think working in music, I think you have to be.
0: Mm.
1: Because a lot of music that you make comes from, like deep within, mm. espe- mm. like from a songwriter perspective, um, especially, so you're quite sort of protective.
0: Mm.
1: And that, that, a lot of like musicians get labeled as like arrogant and stuff like that. Yeah, But like, I think to a level you have to be.
0: Yeah, well there's the whole, you know, the whole arts is quite a selfish landscape at the end of the day you know in the grand scheme of things there's only one person that can do what they're doing Mm -hmm. you know I I can't remember who it was I was talking to ages ago but I use the analogy of you know I can collaborate with people to make a picture but they we can't all press the shirt at the same time yeah you know it still is me looking through the camera or whomever it is composing that shot Mm -hmm. and making that shot so you have to be there's a level of selfishness but also self-awareness in that I think you know and it's very interesting when you start to like break that down and start to look at yourself in a different sort of light you know I don't know if yourself looks as looks as you as an artist different to you as Vinny Mm because to me there's two aspects to myself there's Jacob who sat here on the podcast with Mm -hmm. you right now and then there's Jacob the artist, yeah. me the photographer yeah, or yeah, whatever yeah. it might be which has a different perspective on life but it's fed via those um, experiences mm-hmm. that I've had in my personal life and it it's not a character per se but it's like different aspects of Yeah, me.
1: no I agree with that I think a lot of musicians in particular have personas yeah. that they <clears throat> that they put to the forefront when they perform and everything there's a lot of people that Will perform on stage, and they'll they'll act completely different on stage to how they are if you knew them personally, mm. because they're they're trying to get across a certain aspect of them, yeah, to yeah, an audience yeah. like a, like they're they're basically selling themselves, yeah. But that's what needs to happen, yeah.
0: Um, it's quite funny because we just had a whole conversation about sales, then, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Topic for another time. <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, yeah, I think it's just music is hard and being creative is hard especially mm. in the current age where i feel like a lot of people that aren't creative say like it's easy you can do it like people get famous from posting on youtube and it's like yeah but so many people do that now you're yeah. never gonna get famous that way no well, or that- not not fame isn't the be or end all i'm just saying like If you want to be successful, you need to build up an audience Mm. and have that level of consumer. And because there's so many people trying to do that with online platforms, it becomes very hard to filter out for people to filter out what they like and what they don't care about. Yeah,
0: absolutely. And I think I totally, I totally agree. It's you know this whole concept. It's it's easier than ever to share what you do, but it's also harder than ever to sell it. Yeah, you know because. There's, you know, I don't know what the exact figures are, but I think a few years ago I looked into it and YouTube, it was like every minute an hour's worth of footage gets uploaded. I think it's more than that now. That's but probably, every minute yeah. of the day is a new hour of like video footage. That's every crazy. minute. That you is know. Cra- so that's crazy. And that's only YouTube. Yeah. 60 minutes, 600 hours. Like you, how crazy is that? Like, Like 60 hours of footage is now on YouTube yeah. in an hour. Like, so it's... Of course, that's not all music or et cetera, et cetera. It's multi-discipline, multi-platform. But yeah, it becomes this fucking battleground of like, hey, look at me, look at what I'm doing. Like, it's the same with all social media platforms, really, at the end of the day. Being an artist, whether you're a musician or any form of artistic creation, being a creative, whatever the terminology is, is a really hard fucking place to be because... It's something you love, you put your time, your passion, your energy into it, and quite literally your soul sometimes. And then you put that out in the world to try and not necessarily sell it, but to gain, garner an audience to then almost justify that, justify you putting that time and energy in. Because let me use this as an analogy. Let's go down the rabbit hole here. (laughs) if you get a job like a regular job you work 20 hours a week okay mm-hmm. you go to work you work your 20 hours a week and at the end of that you get paid because you've done your 28 hours a week that's your justification for your 20 hours of a week your paycheck right but when you're a, a creative most of us are freelance a large majority of us are freelance in most capacities mm-hmm. there is no such thing as hours you can you can like put hours to how much you work, but at the end of the day it's twenty four seven three six five because as a creative, your job doesn't stop. Your job is always in your mind. Yeah. You're always thinking. And I'm sure for yourself with your music, you're always thinking about your music. Whether you're
1: yeah.
0: fucking in the shower or at the gym, whatever it is, you're you're yeah, always absolutely. thinking about
1: it. I mean last night I was sort of just lying in bed like thinking I need to go sleep. Like I need to sort of chill out. It's probably yeah. like Coming up to like one a.m. Yeah, and then like I saw something or like something came into my mind. I can't for the life of me remember. Yeah, but all of a sudden I was like, I could write a song. Yeah, and like I had to stop myself because I was like, no, I need to get to sleep. <laughs> but I had like this inkling to be like, oh, I wonder if that could be a song. And like it was no idea. It was nothing solid, mm. which is why I didn't do it. But it was just, it was like. like a sprinkle of like inspiration I was like Mm. I feel like I could write something now yeah but it was like 1am yeah I was in bed (laughs) yeah
0: but arguably that's the time to do it yeah you know and I think that's the thing is sort of coming back to what I was saying there's no real justification for being a creative in the grand scheme of things there is but there isn't because there's so many forms of justification Mm -hmm. there's how many followers do you have how, how much engagement do you have And then outside of that, how much money do you make? You know, the traditional form of justification. But when you're, you know, a young creative first starting out, and when I say first starting out, I mean within the first 10 years Mm -hmm. of your journey, this shit takes a long time. I think we're so used to having everything right away. Like I can make a, you know, I can go on my phone and order a pizza and it'll be here in 10, 20 minutes. You know, I know that's a weird analogy, but we're so used to it having things like come to us straight away shit like a career takes a long time to build yeah you might get lucky and get signed straight out of uni but some people do some people do but you know I was talking to Doug about this on the podcast the other day I'm glad that didn't happen to me I'm Mm -hmm. glad that I didn't leave uni and somebody picked me up from a gallery and that was my job and I just made the same shit day after day because I've learned so much time learned so much in this time Mm -hmm. of like figuring out who i am as a creative and that for me is the justification is looking at the progression Mm -hmm. looking at where i started to where i am and where i want to go and i think because it's not a physical thing it's hard for people that aren't creative or aren't full-time artists to see that yeah they just look at and go but you just make music yeah like you know i mean there isn't a physical justification there isn't here's my paycheck here's my new car Mm -hmm. like it's Oh, I, I No, <laughs> eventually. Um, but it's more of like a path of like physical yeah. and mental growth.
1: You yeah. Know. I think it's just, um, it becomes a learning curve and you're constantly, I'm at the stage now because what, it's 2021, mm.
0: 2017,
1: I started writing mm. music. i had like been playing guitar for years. I actually started writing songs actually something clicked and I could write and so what it's been like four four years is Mm. that right yeah Mm. and I'm I think my songwriting has significantly improved Yeah, that's not to say I don't ever play the songs that I used like I wrote back then there's Mm. some songs that I wrote in 2017 that I think are amazing still yeah yeah and I still love to do things with them but not only has my songwriting progressed, everything I've learned along the way has also progressed. Yeah. So like I've learned how to use digital audio workshops and yeah. like make songs and build songs and instead of just back then I would know how to record my guitar and my vocals and that'd be it mm. and then I'd send it to a friend and be like please can, can you make do- this yeah, yeah, sound yeah, yeah. good. Whereas now like I mean I'm not amazing at it by any means but like with all like my little sort of reels on instagram that's all like everything i've done so like i'll record that and i'll then mix that Mm. which like i know i'm not amazing at it Mm. but like it's something i'm learning and like candy floss was something that is like i started with a synth which is not my (laughs) go-to instrument but i thought oh let's try this and then i layered and I built upon it. Mm. And like, I didn't do it alone. I had help. I had help um, from Sam who like mixed and mastered and produced it. But like, I feel like I did a lot more than I was used to doing. Yeah. And now like working on the second single and the third single, I feel in a better position because Mm. I've learned stuff from doing Candy Floss. Yeah. It's like, it's, I feel like, especially at the stage where like I am and maybe like the stage that you're like going through, it's like you are constantly learning how to do something new. Yeah. Or constantly learning that's not the right way to do this. Absolutely. So like with Candy Floss, like there's things that um, when leading up to release, things I tried, which didn't work. And it's like, that's yeah. just... just I know that now for next time
0: Knowledge is power man Like Mm -hmm. the more you know The more skills that you know It opens up so many more doors To like exploration So for example what you were saying about What you've learned from making Candy Floss That can now you know transpire into your next single And you can then build off of that knowledge already You know I think that's That's the thing is We we assume that we can do everything Mm -hmm. Like that's not that hard I can do that Yeah you know what I mean? That's just a, a, quite a natural human trait, I think. Yeah. But when you actually really start to challenge yourself and learn new stuff and sk- whether it's skills like, whenever I th- say the word skills, I think of like um, like football, like techers skills. Yeah. You know what I mean? But I mean in the context of like knowledge as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When you start to build like a good base. You know, when I started podcasting, I didn't have a fucking clue what I was doing. I don't know. No, I I'm didn't. not an audio engineer. You know <laughs> what I mean? So, yeah. but now I kind of get it. You know what I mean? So yeah. that's kind of what matters is that helps to keep progressing forward. Mm. And by the sounds of things, Candy Floss has been like this for as a single on its own, has been this quite enlightening
1: yeah, piece absolutely. for yourself. I have always wanted to get music out like mm. officially and I have put it off for so long and I just thought, i was got to fucking bite the bullet. Why did you put it off? The fear. Do you reckon? Takes over, yeah. Because that's the thing with being a creative and being a musician in particular, or certainly a songwriter in particular, you've put all of this time and effort into a song. Maybe not Candy Floss, that's not a song that's like, come particularly from the heart I mean like I've Mm. still worked hard on it Mm. but like there's certain songs that like I've literally poured like my heart and soul into Mm. and when you're putting that in the world it's like what if people don't like it yeah
0: that's
1: that's the fear that starts ticking over and I just thought fuck it I just gotta do it yeah and I did it and it's gone well and I'm super pleased and I'm already working on getting some more music out
0: that's so sick
1: it just needs to be done, I feel like I feel like I'm at the point now where it's music is the be all and all. Yeah. I don't want to do anything else. Yeah. And I'm not gonna get anywhere of it, it with it if I don't Get it, it out there. Yeah, yeah, yeah Like, yeah. no one's... As much as I'd like it, no one's going to knock on my door and offer me a record deal. <laughs> like, please do. <laughs> <But> Anyone listening. <laughs> it's not going to happen. Like, some... Like like we were saying, some people do get lucky. Mm. Uh, George Ezra, he went to my uni. Yeah. But he went to the one in Bristol. He dropped out because he got signed. Yeah. Like, amazing. Yeah. Like, good for him.
0: Yeah, and some people do get that. And, and like...
1: Um, Sean Mendes yeah he got famous from uploading little covers on Vine Mm. that's how he got famous yeah and now he's like one of the biggest singers
0: he's quite big isn't he yeah Yeah.
1: and like a lot of people back in the day like a little throwback a lot of people uploaded music onto MySpace (laughs) that's how Lily Allen and um, Adele got famous yeah I forgot No, Kate Nash sorry yeah maybe not Lily Allen no Kate Nash got famous on MySpace Foles yeah that's the thing Is like some people do get lucky like it's, that yeah it's it's
0: i read a. I think i've mentioned it to yourself before but i read a book a while ago called the feel, uh, feel the fear and do it anyway
1: yeah
0: I, remind me i'm going to give it to you yeah because i do. want you to read it <laughs> because i honestly it was like such a fucking catalyst for mm-hmm. me because uh, when i was reading it i was going through a, a bit of turmoil as like a as a creative i was mm-hmm. like "Fuck! what am i doing what where am i going Etc. Etc." et, cetera, et cetera. And then reading this book, which I'll give a very brief summary. It's much more in-depth than this. And it's kind of in the title. But it's the idea of understanding our fears, understanding what they are, and then doing them.
1: Yeah. Facing them.
0: Very much so. But it goes much more, as I said, internal. If you're listening or watching, make sure you go get that Mm -hmm. book. If you're in a place where you scared shitless of making a decision but you know it's a decision that needs to be made read that book it'll change your life but anyways it's like that moment of just saying like fuck it mm-hmm. let's just do it what's you know it's almost like this catalyst moment but yeah. like when you say it it's like i don't know about yourself but when i have had them it's like it's this relief over yeah. your body because you hold all this fucking stress and this tension in and then you're like ah fuck it yeah like and then you just do it and you're like oh shit that was I'm enjoying this. Oh, we're starting to get moving. Mm -hmm. You know, do you think for yourself now? It's like you're not going to try and like overthink it too much, like your next single and stuff like. Not overthinking. Maybe that's the wrong terminology, but like, do you feel that Candy Floss has opened up this new door of just being much more explorative? Yeah, I think so.
1: I mean, it's not done. I'm not going to be like putting out everything i possibly could because i still feel like you know you want to put out the best there is of course you want to like because i can i've got so many songs songs i've probably forgotten about (laughs) but like you write and you write to get better Mm. i remember being at uni and someone said like, you should write a song every day Mm. because they might be shit yeah but you're helping your songwriting if you're forcing yourself to write. I don't do that. No. I have to be in the zone to write. Mm. But like, if I come up with anything, I, I'm happy with it. Like yeah. the other day I just came up with like a little verse oh. and I thought, that sounds good. Don't know if I'll ever do anything with it. It yeah. was very more like older Vinny, mm. sort of soft acoustic stuff. Mm. But I thought it sounded good and it's definitely got room to grow. But in terms of like releasing, it's still like, I'm still very like critical on what I want to release. So like Candy Floss, hmm. I still didn't think was good enough to release.
0: <laughs> I remember the amount of conversations that we had where it's just like, just fucking put it out Vinny. It's such a good song. <laughs> like, I
1: just didn't, there was, it, there's always this thing where it's like, the artist hates the art.
0: Yeah. And yeah. Then, oh yeah. That's just part of it though. I yeah.
1: Think. So like, even though like, everyone like I'd spoken to said that it was good and told me to release it and people were excited for it to come out and it's been on like people's on repeat playlists and stuff like that and it was played on BBC introducing and at that point only at that point that it was played on introducing I thought it's good enough yeah because it got radio play yeah and it's like I didn't think it sounded good enough to be played on the radio (laughs) just because I didn't think it was the best that I could offer you Mm, know mm. but the fact that it was has sort of boosted my confidence a bit yeah and yeah it's just it's one of those things where I don't think any song I release I'll be 100% pleased with
0: no I think that's natural though because we're as artists we're our worst critics
1: yeah absolutely
0: oh Apparently my TV is about to switch off in five minutes. That could be interesting. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, we're our worst critics, you know, because we're so hypercritical of ourselves because we know what we can do. Yeah. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah, and I think as artists and as creatives, you criticise yourself a lot because you think you can do better or you should do better. Mm. So, like, no matter what I do, I can play... Something amazing on the guitar, or I can write something where I think this is really fucking good. Like this yeah. sounds like a great song, but you still think no, it's not good enough. And mm, mm. like that is something that I'm trying to train myself out of. Not because it's not helpful, because a mindset like that can push you, mm. but it's important to not be overly critical on yourself. You need to be able to like what you do. I think you have to have the yeah. I think
0: you have to have the ability to see your work from a different perspective not yeah. from just like your own eyes or your own ears and your in your uh industry you have to take it from a perspective of somebody else looking yeah. at it you know what i mean because it's so it's so easy to look at what we create through our own eyes because we're the creator of it mm-hmm. which is great when we're in the creative process because we can be hypercritical and we can develop and move our our processes and mm-hmm. projects forward But when it comes to actually putting that out in the world, the thing that I try and tell myself and try and keep reminding myself is, it's not me that's viewing it.
1: Yeah,
0: I'm not the viewer. Mm -hmm. It's all those people out on the internet or whatever. You know, so I try and get my head into the mindset of a viewer. So if I was wanting to hear the new Vinnie Giovanni song, you know, what am I going into it thinking? off the back of candy floss oh uh you know what you know that's the way that I try and approach stuff Mm -hmm. now when I'm releasing work which I don't release a whole lot of work because I'm not really that fussed right now to be brutally honest
1: I think you go through phases like that when you are a creative where you work and you want to get things out and then the other half of the time you just want to sort of sit and just work and develop and you Mm. don't you, I feel like
0: I keep punching you're not the mic doing very well no, I, that was a weird like little twitch thing as well like, I don't know where that came from <laughs> <laughs> apologies everyone sorry carry on um,
1: yeah I think it's just one of those things where like you you want to I'm like I'm in like a position where like I just want to release and I want to get things out and I want to do things with music I want to Th- this is this is like i said this is my be or end or i only want to do music in my life yeah and so like at the moment i'm like i just want to do this 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 and this but i know in like a few months i'll be like okay let's slow down let's like take time to progress and develop mm-hmm. and i just feel like any creative does that you go through phases where you release and you're sort of constantly on like this this train and this yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you get off, and you're like, okay, we'll take a moment. Yeah. And we'll work on things, and even like big musicians do it. Like that's why like musicians release albums. They release an album, they go on the tour, they do promo, everything like that, and then all of that ends, and they sort of take a moment, mm. and then they work on the next album. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: yeah but they yeah, don't yeah.
1: like rush it. No. And like that's, I think that's an important thing to do. Like you, you can't be. Working a hundred percent of the time.
0: No, I, I agree, and it's strange to say that because the old me would disagree with that. Statement.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> um, but I think I've learned as of as of recently that having time to like reflect and look back on you know decisions made mm. during a project, whatever it might be, is just as important as being in the moment making the project. Yeah. Because that that moment of reflecting. I say moment, but it can last fucking months. But having that moment of reflection allows us to see it from a different perspective and see it with hindsight, yeah. which is a fucking great thing in the grand scheme of things. And then from that, we're able to pull details out of it and be like, okay, I did that really well, but I could improve on this or X, Y, Z. And I think like that's so vital to have that reflective time and not just as a creative, but in life in general. Yeah, I agree. That there's so much growth that comes from that reflective period. hmm Oh, my TV turned off. it <laughs> <laughs> got this podcast. I'm, I'm a mess today, Vin. What is going on? Sorry, I'm coughing. <laughs> I'm punching the mic. The TV's turning off. Not a very good podcaster these days, eh? Speaking of podcasts... It's on random. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> well, so you started um, your podcast, It's on Random, a couple of months ago, wasn't it? Yeah.
1: We've not been very good. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that makes two of us.
1: Our goal was to do every week. We've sort of done every other week recently. Mm. Maybe it's because like things have opened up, you get busy, everything like that.
0: Social life becomes a thing again. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Um, we want. We're trying to sort of get back in the rhythm of it um it's just taken a while and we've had like so many audio problems we've just been so unlucky with it yeah but yeah it's it's something that we're still working on we're still mm. pushing we're still we still want to pursue it it's fun it's fun I like doing it's podcasts.
0: such an interesting like podcast as well I think because so the I'm gonna butcher the overview now so it's you guys you and paige your Mm -hmm. best friend um talking about is it cult classic films yes but going into like honestly psychopathic detail which i love (laughs) (laughs) it's like backstage stuff and like yeah
1: so we do um we review a cult classic every week or whenever we upload (laughs) um i feel that and we the only sort of caveat with it is that it has to be a cult classic mm. and like we if literally we find like any news article or any any web article that says it's a cult classic we're like okay hey, we can do it on the list <laughs> yeah, yeah um and we just we take it in terms of picking films um and we sort of run through it chronologically as best we can like from memory mm. so like if it's a film we've only if that's, like, the first time watching it, we're very bad at doing yeah. it chronologically. Yeah. But if it's, like, a film that we like, we're sort of better... We're sort of more to grips with it. Go through it, talk about, like, what we like, what we didn't like. And then we do, like, yeah, like, behind-the-scenes facts and stuff like that, which is... I really enjoy. I love learning stuff, especially about films I like. Mm. Learning stuff about the behind-the-scenes just... I don't know. It just makes makes it more enjoyable. It
0: gives it a different perspective, I think.
1: I feel like there's a lot of things that you can potentially miss when you yeah. watch a film. Um, it's like, honestly, since we did it on the podcast, I literally can't stop thinking about it. Hook. Yeah. It's just amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like, I have listened to, because I like I like listening to podcasts a lot. There's a film podcast that I like listening to called Commode on Film, which is Mark Commode, the film critic. But he has um, YouTube sort of, film guy on called jack mm. and they talk about films um
0: interesting
1: and like he doesn't do it like all the time with jack but like it's quite a lot a lot yeah. and they did one episode in particular where they ranked like their top five spielberg films mm. and here jack's favorite film well one of his favorite films is hook yeah but he didn't have it in his top spielberg films because he was like it's not the best film no. <laughs> <laughs> like cuz Steven Spielberg arguably the best film maker of all time yeah like argue like he's got a very strong he's <laughs> case got a good for yeah, himself. yeah 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 um so like it's hard to sort of as much as you like it looking at it from a critic's perspective you wouldn't put it in there cuz Spielberg himself hates that film
0: really yeah That's he said he
1: said since Robin William passed away um yeah he's learnt to enjoy it because that's the film that they became friends on. Yeah. Because um, that was like the first time he worked with him. Mm. So that's nice, but like, he he hated it.
0: Mm.
1: And it's amazing because like, that YouTuber, he loves that film. And like, since I watched it, like, I've always liked it. It's always been a film. For, I've just gone on a big tangent about Hook, but <laughs> it's worth it.
0: Honestly, I love it though.
1: So like, I've always loved that film because I grew up watching it. Yeah having like older siblings and stuff, I get shown like a lot of like those films that like, maybe people don't watch anymore. Of course. Um, but watching it for the podcast, like properly watching it start to finish, paying attention to it. I just, it it elevated any thought of the film I had. Like I thought like, mm. it's a good film, it's enjoyable. Watching it for the podcast, I thought this is amazing. Yeah. We don't do it from like a critic's perspective, though. We do it from like more of an audience perspective, which is why I say it's amazing, even yeah. though I've just said it's <laughs> not amazing.
0: <laughs> That's interesting though, because there's not many, well, I wouldn't know exactly, because obviously I listen to your guys' podcasts, cause you're my friends and I love what you do. But as far as I'm aware, there isn't many podcasts that talk about films primarily from an audience perspective.
1: Yeah, I'm not sure because I've not listened to every film podcast no of course
0: but most of them are quite they're more critical yeah like they're more like oh well you know the story blah 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 like didn't tell the correct story yeah. whereas like for you guys it's much more about like the enjoyment and the involvement that you're yeah, having of the film
1: yeah that's that is what we like to focus on like with certain films we've said like on the show we've just been like mm, it was boring mm, yeah <laughs> like it doesn't get you hooked As you'd want. Which could be like a critical thing. But we're just saying that based on our experience watching it.
0: Yeah. We're subjective.
1: Yeah. You know, you're not
0: objectively saying it's boring. Yeah. You're saying for yourself, it was, you know, it was like, ah, it's a bit boring for me.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Like, with Hook though, it was just like.
0: (laughs) You're really obsessed with this Hook film. Is it bad to say? I've never watched it.
1: You need to watch it. It's long. Okay. How long? Two and a half hours.
0: Fuck. (laughs) It's...
1: For some reason, though, this is the beauty of it, is that it goes by, it flies by.
0: Have I watched... I feel like I might have watched... Peter Pan, grown up. Yeah, I might have
1: watched Dustin it. Hoffman as Hook. Phenomenal.
0: I, I feel like I might have as a kid.
1: Like, I, I would recommend re-watching it again as an adult, because yeah. that's what... I, I cried at the end, because it just, it just got me.
0: Well, I was going to say spoiler alert but the film's been out what 30 years so yeah like
1: 991 yeah so you
0: can't really put the spoiler like (laughs)
1: Like, yeah it's it's fair game right you should have seen it
0: (laughs) yeah when it's like like 30 years yeah
1: yeah like it's just if it's one of those films that it's an early 90s film but it feels like an 80s film Mm. and that has like it's the same with Jurassic Park a lot of people yeah. think Jurassic Park's an 80s film. But, but it's not nineties. Yeah. yeah, but yeah. it's got that feeling. Like, it maybe does. it's Spielberg. <laughs> maybe
0: it's just Spielberg stuck in the eighties. Yeah. Potentially. Because
1: though it it's got that sort of cozy warmth to it. Mm. Uh, maybe maybe it's because like I watched it as a kid. Um but watching it again as an adult, like, it just takes you it, it reminded me of everything as a really? kid. And but I picked up on, on a lot of things that because I'd not seen it in years, that cracked me up. Okay.
0: Do you, yeah, because your sense of humour must have changed since yeah. being a child. It's like watching Simpsons now compared to watching it when I was like 10 years old. Yeah. Like, it's completely different.
1: Yeah. So like, as we're watching Hook, it's, it's a film that like, I feel like anyone can enjoy because you know the story of Peter Pan. Yeah. Which is what it's based on. But it twists it because obviously he's left Neverland, he's grown up. Mm. And then he returns to Neverland. He does not believe he's Peter Pan. (laughs) (laughs) He has no fucking idea what's going on. (laughs) That's mad. Um, And yeah, these kids have been kidnapped by Hook. And um, even like Paige had never seen it up until watching it. And she really enjoyed it for the podcast because she says she, even though she'd never seen it, she still felt that nostalgia because she knows Mm. Peter Pan. Yeah. But there's like a lot of like things in it. Like I never would have thought beforehand that like Bob Hoskins and Dustin Hoffman mm. were like memorable in it. Yeah. To me they like stole the show. They really? they especially Bob Hoskins. He played SME. Just I I can't picture anyone else as Smee. Yeah. He like comedy gold, like deliverance of lines. And then I read like later on that they played it, they played Hook and Smee as like a gay couple. That was what they like <laughs> want, that's what they did. And when when I read that and when you watch it you're like Makes I sense. I can see yeah, it because yeah, they yeah, yeah. they do act very like coupley with each other, yeah, yeah, just like caring about each other. They have like this like back and forth like banter with each other, yeah. and he like holds his hook a lot of the time, like he's <laughs> holding his hand, and it's just it's so funny when you pick up stuff like that. Yeah. Like those are yeah, like yeah. the the details on films I like because you pick up when like you read about like behind the scenes stuff. Those are the bits that I really like to learn. Mm. because I like telling them to people. Yeah. So, like, in Hook, there's, like, a lot of cameos of okay. celebrities, uh, which people just don't pick up on. So, like, yeah. Phil Collins is in Hook. He plays, like, a police detective. He's really? literally in one scene. But he... <laughs> well, <it> is- <laughs> reminds
0: me of, like, um, Edgar Wright as well. Yeah. Like Edgar Wright does the same thing. He has random celebrities in yeah. his films. Yeah, absolutely. Like, there was, uh, I was watching Shaun of the Dead the other day, and it was like... Um, is it Chris Martin, the the singer? Yeah, he's from like one Coldplay, of the yeah. yeah. He's one of the zombies yeah. as they get out of the pub. You yeah. just see him in the background. I'm like, that's fucking Chris Martin, yeah. mate. <laughs> like, yeah, you
1: know Edgar I mean? Wright does that. He he likes to just yeah get um a bunch of people in with um hot. Um, I remember watching Hot Fuzz after I'd watched Spaced, mm. and the woman, the landlady behind the bar, yeah. is Marsha from Space. Yeah. their landlord, and I just thought that was. That's great. I just, <laughs> like, you don't realise it and then you pick up on all stuff like that and it just... To me, it makes the experience ten times mm, better when you mm. know all the little details. Have you ever thought about
0: playing with making a film or, like, writing a screenplay? Because obviously, being a musician, you're writing music, so you're mm-hmm. writing in, like, a... Not a critical sense, but in a storytelling sense.
1: Yeah.
0: It's similar to writing a screenplay in some capacities.
1: I've... I've always thought about writing, like, a TV show.
0: Mm.
1: But like, it's never, I've never had like, any th- reason to. And then when I was in uni, I was like, deadly sick. I even found on my notes, I had pages and pages of notes about a documentary I wanted to make.
0: No way. And it
1: just, it never, I'd never pursued it. What was it about? Steven X, from Peter uh, Mac. Oh
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. Because
1: I, I watched a lot of, in my first year of uni, I watched a lot of um, music documentaries. Yeah. And like, I personally think Stevie Nicks is one of the greatest female musicians like to have ever lived. She's like phenomenal, phenomenal writer, phenomenal singer. And she's just influenced everyone. Like Mm. everyone under the sun who's a female musician has probably been influenced by Stevie Nicks.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. And there's nothing about her like that.
0: She's very, uh, there's almost this aura
1: around her. Yeah. And there's like, there's like Flea Mac documentaries, but I'm like, I. I wanted to make a documentary about her legacy. Yeah. And like, I had like meetings with people at uni, like <laughs> trying to figure out how I could get it done. Cause I was going to do it like through Kickstarter. That'd
0: have been sick. And
1: like, I found all my notes for it. And I just thought, why didn't I like carry I'll on pursuing that. this? Cause I had like a list of people I wanted to interview for it, which were all like big people yeah, yeah like yeah. Tom Petty, like obviously can't do that anymore. Yeah. But like people from Fluted Mac, Stevie herself, like, Loads of people that have worked with her and then people that have been influenced with her. Mm. I just wanted to like interview them all
0: Mm. and just
1: make a music documentary about her legacy.
0: Should we pitch it to Netflix?
1: I think it would do well. There's loads, like-
0: I'm just saying.
1: There's a Tom Petty documentary, which is three, I think it's either three or four hours long. It's long. And I I watched it and it was great. Yeah. Obviously only watch it if you're- being into Tom Petty (laughs) because it's very long it's not something you can just casually watch but it literally goes through their history and like they talk to people that have worked with the band like I think Stevie's in it and everything like that Mm. and that's the sort of thing I wanted to make not that long but (laughs) like something that goes into her history and why people love her and like talking to like fans and stuff as Mm. well there's Mm. there's a Going back to, like, films briefly, there's a Back to the Future documentary called Back in Time, which was Kickstarter-funded. Yeah. And I really enjoyed that documentary. It came out in 2015 when they supposedly travelled to the future. That's when it came out on that day. Um, That's sick. And the guys that ran it, because it got so much, like, support from people, they managed to interview, like... Bob Gale, who wrote it, Robert Zemeckis, who directed it, uh, Steven Spielberg, um, and then like they also interviewed like Leah Thompson, Christopher Lloyd, and even Michael J. Fox, <laughs> who's like obviously famously unwell. Yeah, but like they managed to to interview all these people.
0: That's crazy.
1: And they also interviewed like fans and stuff. So there was like this story of these this couple who got the husband found out that he he'd been given like six months to live Mm. and the same day that they got back from the hot like from the doctors after he told him that they got a letter saying they got uh, got approved for a credit card (laughs) so they just went out and maxed it and bought a delorean and they spent their time building making it look like the car from the film like making it look like the time travel car and they drove around america raising money for the Mark j fox foundation for parkinson's wow and like now like three years later like he's still alive (laughs) the guy that was given six months to live
0: that's crazy and they
1: just they go around raising money
0: that's so incredible that's such an incredible story
1: yeah and like i'd love to do in terms of like making a documentary i'd love to do something like that where like you talk to people that have worked with her people that have been influenced with by her and like just like fans that like Mm. her because music changes people yeah and music can like properly influence someone's life it's done to me so to talk to people that have been influenced by and like their her music has changed their life Mm. i think just that would be there's so (laughs) many stories there that people
0: i honestly could see you transitioning into like filmmaking
1: it's always been something I've been interested in.
0: Not transitioning, like as as another aspect as yeah. Vinny the creative. I could see it because you have quite a an eye for detail as well, which yeah. you kind of need speaking like... from a bit of experience in the film industry. It's like yeah, you need like this crazy eye for detail. Yeah. Even in docu's.
1: Yeah, I love I love films. Um I love I I went through a phase where I really wanted to be a cinematographer. Mm. Because I like, I like shots. There's certain shots in films that I feel like make or break a film.
0: You should self-direct one of your music videos.
1: I mean, one of them. (laughs) I don't have any.
0: (laughs) But that would be really interesting. Yeah. Because all you would need is somebody to film. A camera guy, like somebody with the gear. Apparently me.
1: Um, You're my camera guy. Camera guy this point.
0: We're basically like uh, yeah. Anyways. <laughs> but we that would are, be yeah. really Creative interesting.
1: Creative couple. Yeah. We just work together <laughs> with everything. All the time. So
0: oh I need some music, Vinny. Like. You are
1: my work husband. <laughs>
0: I thought there was a ring appearing then. Um
1: Hey look. Hey <laughs>
0: yeah. <AL. laughs> Calm down. i've uh, been there before. Anyways. Um <laughs> <laughs> this is why whenever we talk it's fucking tangents we've done tangents. so many
1: tangents it's been great I
0: fucking love it though Yes, yeah, but
1: um,
0: <laughs> where was I going with that self-directing yeah like yeah. like self-direct your own music video like really give yourself like flexibility would be really interesting yeah. I think
1: I mean it's, it's definitely something I am um, open to mm. I mean like without going on <laughs> too much of another tangent <laughs> I'm like obviously like I love films but like A big thing of mine are just, like, TV shows. Like, I can binge a TV show. Yeah. If I get into one, I can just watch it. And, like, me and my mum are doing that at the moment with the show. And, like, if I get really into a show, I start, again, like, reading about, reading about Mm. behind-the-scenes stuff and everything. And the show that we're watching, I found out that, like, the main cast, one of the guys has directed, like, he directed two episodes of it, I think. Mm. And then, like, another... A cast member made his like directional debut directing an episode mm. and then like the main character he wrote two episodes and he directed an episode
0: that's super interesting and like i
1: feel like it's they wouldn't have gotten that opportunity if they weren't yeah cast
0: yeah 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 Yeah. but they
1: man- like the fact that like it was freddie highmore he wrote an episode in series four and series five and he directed one in series five, mm. and that's mad because he's technically just an actor. Yeah, but the fact that they, I just like the the idea of sort of yeah going into a different. It's still in this like the same sort of universe, but going mm. into doing something a bit different because obviously these people are still on the show. <laughs> yeah, but they're having yeah, yeah. to like self direct.
0: Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, there's not there's no harm in trying to discover and learn new skills yeah. you know what i mean it sounds like you have a real passion for it like outside yeah. of just enjoying filmmaking and the emotional aspects that come with watching films but even the technical understanding of it there's obviously something there yeah you know for yourself
1: i feel like for me it's always been a uh, like a decision like i have to either do music or like
0: oh you're like a hundred percent either yeah
1: well i am and i'm not Cause like I, when I was a kid as I've been seeing like these things where it's like, oh, what, what did you want to do when you were younger? Mm. Or what was your dream job? Mine was always either a musician or like an actress, like mm. something in the film or TV industry. Yeah. Um. Obviously back then it was just being an, an actor. Um, And like I chose sort of to pursue music. And then like, when I went to do like A levels, coll- I initially went to college and did, media Mm. and then i dropped out and went and did a levels and then i went to uni and did music and that was like my decision yeah and then like recently like a few months ago i was looking at potentially like going back to uni and doing something to do with film and it's it's always something that like
0: i could see you doing an ma in something
1: well even like I, i can just always see myself being without sounding completely arrogant. (laughs) Here we go. Just sort of being in the limelight. Yeah. Like, so being like actor and musician is like, both are ridiculously hard to do.
0: Absolutely. I don't
1: know why I can't have an easier backup.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's so true though.
1: Yeah, but it's just been like, I've always thought if I make it in one, which at the moment is music, music is what I am trying to pursue, mm. like fully. I would love to be able, if I got to a stage where like I was quite successful in music, I'd love to be able to then transition into Do something else acting or yeah, filmmaking yeah. or something like that. I think. Well,
0: th- it shows that like you've got versatility because really, as we're doing a podcast, <laughs> the bins are being taken out. my my timing for these podcasts is maybe i should just record them in the middle of the night it'd be easier it'd be quiet
1: true especially around here yeah but who knows you probably get some people just screaming outside
0: it is burnham (laughs) (laughs) but uh, what i was going to say is it shows that you obviously have got versatility as a creative because not Mm. only you're doing music but you're doing a podcast i know you've done like bits of vlogging and xyz so like you're not solely focused on something although music is your primary focus like primary focus but you're also exploring these other avenues like for me I've always believed as an artist we're fluid
1: yeah we're constantly
0: fluid we you know I'm a photographer but I do now doing podcasts but I've also worked in the film industry and xyz you know we're always moving and trying new aspects and I think it's so important to be doing that because Mm -hmm you can learn from all of that. Mm-hmm. And that can come back in, you know, you might, I don't know, be a cinematographer on a film or a short film or a docu or whatever, but you might learn something about that that will help your music yeah. and vice versa. You know, it's so there's always lessons to be learned in everything we're doing. And that's, I know I've been doing a lot of reading about like monk mentality and that's quite a big thing mm-hmm. in it. But it's always pulling positives from yeah. all situations.
1: So, yeah, I think. I think just. I think not. I just think not giving up on anything is good because then you're not sort of closing yourself off to it. Mm-hmm. I feel like once you've given up on something, you won't really open that door again because no. you you've you've closed it. You're like no. So like, I've done that with jobs, yeah. like part time jobs. I should be like no. I don't. I don't. I'm not getting on with it. I Don't like it. Yeah. But it's like I don't ever plan to return to that because that's not my be or end or goal it's staying
0: true to yourself yeah like it's true to your values so for like yourself your your value is that you want to be in the limelight you want to be successful as a a very simplified overview it's staying true to that yeah you know and it's okay to not pursue other avenues Mm -hmm. like a part-time job and all this other stuff you know we were saying before we came on the podcast like the idea of you know uh not being happy with where you're working or or work in the past and feeling kind of like bad for leaving no because you've got to stay true to your values yeah i think i
1: I think regardless of what as a as a creative i think regardless of what you do in the now you can't let that take over your life because that's not your calling that's not your end goal yeah so like I know people that get consumed by their job at the moment Mm. and like, I like my job and it's fine. Like, I like it. I enjoy it. I enjoy the people I work with, but it's not my end goal. No, It's not something that I'm going to pursue to be a full-time career because without being blunt or without offending anyone, (laughs) it's just not... It's not what I want to do for the rest of my life. The, the only thing I want to do for the rest of my life is to do music and build upon this platform that I've been working on for like 10 years. Yeah. Near enough.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I feel like quite a poetic place to end a podcast. Yeah, I think so. It's quite a nice like tangent off to the end.
1: Don't give up any your dreams.
0: Oh Jesus! You had to make it corny, didn't you? <laughs> Fucking elfin. <laughs> so where can people find? Obviously, Candy Floss. Your podcast yeah. promo time. Let's see what you've promo got. Promo you. time. Come on.
1: So, go follow Last Orders Music UK on Instagram. Last Orders underscore underscore on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Um, Last Orders Music UK on Facebook. Uh, last Orders on Spotify and Apple. You can find Candy Floss on there. Uh, All one word, um, and then it's on random available on most uh podcast networks. It's Mm -hmm. called It's on Random, the cult classic film podcast.
0: (laughs) You got your promo down. I remember last time we did this, you're like, "Uh." (laughs) (laughs) but yeah, guys, make sure you check out all of Vinny's stuff. Um, the podcast, as I said, is incredible. Um, I might listen to it later whilst I'm having a little cycle and uh. Also, make sure you go check out Candy Floss. I'm going to play it at the end of this podcast. How long am am I allowed to play it for? Will I get a copyright strike?
1: Yeah, I definitely will. No? I'm not a star. (laughs) (laughs) I'll put like 30 seconds at the end of this. There's no record labels going to copyright you.
0: (laughs) True. (laughs) But yeah, guys, make sure you go check out Candy Floss. I'm being dead serious. It's like Song of the Summer for me. Um, Honestly, it's a vibe. And uh, as I said, make sure you check out all of Vinny's work. It's all down in the description below or wherever it is on whatever platform you're listening or watching this on. And as I say at the end of every podcast, this is when I turn my voice down. Talk intimately to the audience. It's a scary world out there, guys. COVID is still apparently a thing. Let's not go into that. Stay safe. Look after your family. Enjoy Candy Floss as a banger. And I'll speak to you guys soon. Peace.
1: Peace. Sometimes dark and pale